0: God is good, and God is moving every day in our lives to show us that he is real. Can you turn that down just a little bit? Hey, Prissy. And um, I just want to honor God and exalt his name because we would not be here because he is the man that created us, and he put us here on this earth to accomplish a goal. So we are here to accomplish something as we live on this earth, every day there is something in us to accomplish. And so if we can connect to that and learn how to move that out to others, boy, now motion, things are in motion. If you look here on your flyer that you receive, Train to Reign, this is our fifth year. Isn't that crazy? Our fifth year. And we've seen business people come and go, come and grow, come and push out. And it's awesome, the rotations that we've seen over the years. And so, but this year's going to be a new, we have a title every year. And just for those of you who, um, who don't know much about Train to Rain, Train to Rain, you can go to the cehallconstruction.com website. And when you go on there, you can click on resources and you'll see there's a special page for Train to Rain. And when you get to that special praise for Train to Rain, you can click down and hear every teaching over the past other four years. So if anybody's interested in in what those other teachings are that we have taught, and I'm going to go through that list. So our first year, we taught about the power choice, which was the power of our words in the marketplace, how important our words are and what we say to people. And so we have 10 lessons on that. Then the next year, we talked about the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of man. We talked about learning and growing with the wisdom of God. The third year was about prosperity. What is the true prosperity and riches that God has for us to advance his kingdom? Last year, our focus was vision. How do we get a vision out there? How do we implement a vision? How do we identify the characteristics of a vision? And so vision was all about last year. But this year, the fifth year, this is awesome it's about the word is movement. And if you've read the flyer that you had received, it said, it is time for movement. Train to reign is, um, is, is for us to actually bring the word of God out into the business marketplace. So people know how to move and what to do and know how to um, teach, train, and elevate people to do what they're called to do in Christ. So it says here on it, it says, Train to Rain, the Savannah Business Conference, is designed and purposed to teach local professionals principles for advancement in their business and their workplace, as well as in our own personal life. Train to Rain is intended to teach, train, and elevate business professionals. Usually when people leave here, they feel elevated. They're on a float. They want to. They can't wait to get back to their jobs for the day. Because they are learning about the knowledge and the understanding and practical yet applicable principles of progression in their field of expertise, allowing the overflow of a combined 40 years of success of business. Now, this is interesting. I've been in business a lot of years. Gene Hall has been in business a lot of years. And combined together, we have over 40 years of successful business. And you know what? Successful business means sometimes you had your what? Highs. And you've also had your? Lows and so you have to have both to know how to move through the rhythms and that's what this year I love the word rhythm because we are going to talk about for the movement that for this year because the word is it's time for movement and when it's time for movement that means there's time for awareness there's time for to be to identify where you're going and what you're doing we don't want to walk in this earth being tossed to and fro not knowing where we're going and what we're doing. So this year, we're going to be focusing on this vision, and this vision is advancing the kingdom of God from within. Now, everything's going to start from within you to move things and manifest things around you, and so we're going to break down first some words here so you guys can understand why it's called It's a Time of Movement. And the first thing, and you know what? When I was in business, even before I had God in my business, you know what I mean? I was a very good business person saying, this is my business. And then I went to church with Francis on Sunday. Do you know what I mean? I sat in church on Sunday and did whatever I thought I was doing there, you know, and then I would go back to business on the week. But then the beautiful thing is I learned, man, I didn't have God in my business. And when the awareness of that understanding exploded from my inside out, now my life was changed because now I was moving and producing and functioning in what he has called me to do in the marketplace. And you know, I will tell you, we all have a common strand. There is an element we all have something to do every day when we wake up. We are not to wake up and not have a job to go to. The word even tells us that, that we have a job that we have to go to. We have a place to be. So I used to say this even before I had God in my business. I would say everything in motion. I would say everything in motion. I would get a real estate deal. I'd have something come in and it would feel crazy. And I would say, okay, everything in motion. I would say that to so many people because the only thing that kept me going was keeping everything, what? Moving, moving. Nobody likes things stale. I mean, but there is going to, you know, God does test us in times when are we trusting him in a movement. But it is interesting how our words are like power that can move through like a force and move things out of the way. And so we've got to learn how do we advance that from within to for an outer manifestation. So we're going to look at the word motion. I'm just going to give you a couple definitions because I want you to think about these things as we're advancing. All right, the word motion is an act of moving. So motion, we got that. We've, who in here has taken physics? Yeah, some people have taken physics. I know physics was that course you didn't have to take but if you wanted to take it, you could in high school. I didn't take it till college. <laughs> I did not take it in high school. So motion is an act of moving, the process of moving, changing place, position, or your posture. Okay, so when I would say everything in motion, I had already recognized in the world that I had to keep things changed up. I had to move from one position to another. Everybody goes to college and they want to do what? Graduate. Everybody starts kindergarten. You have to to move to middle school. You have to move to high school. Everything is about moving and growing up in the maturity of what we're called to do. Motion is a power of movement as of a living body. I want to keep that in mind. God did not create one man to come and rule everything. He created a body of people. So when you go into your jobs, every job you go in, every building, when we come into this building, I have to look at this as a place of a what? A body. Not just one, but body. And there are body parts. And everybody have. To, if we can get everybody in place to what they're called to do, we're going to have what? We're going to have change. We're going to have people moving positions. We're going to be establishing our posture and what we're to do in the marketplace. And so we have to keep that in mind that motion has to do with the, pow- the power of motion has to do with moving as of a living body, a physical movement, being a part of a body. You know, I know sometimes it's easy to get into I can do it all. How many people have thought that I can do it all? I can do it all. I can do it all. I got it all down. I can do the books. I can do the sales. I can do this. I can do that. I've been there. I went from being a school teacher, managing a classroom, then to, to going into real estate, and I kept thinking, I got this down. I can just get the QuickBooks. I can do. I can do it, right? (laughs) But then, as you start growing and movement starts happening, I needed Francis. I needed somebody to sit at my desk when I wasn't at my desk. I needed an accountant. I needed people. I needed people to help move with me in that physical movement. And we have to. I want everybody to be open to recognize that God's got to change within us for an outer of manifestation but he is also going to rec- he's going to see how well are you using people around you there isn't anybody in here that doesn't own a business that doesn't manage a ministry that doesn't do something even running a family is running a physical body having a family you have a mom you have a dad you have a kid you have a boy you have a girl you have a dog <laughs> you have a house a house is part of the body so motion is a formal suggestion or a proposal that is made for something to be done. Okay, so motion, do you ever think about it in the judicial system? I make a motion. Has anybody ever been in the system? Or you've been in meetings that have their rules and regs and their order, and they say, I'd like to put a what? A motion out there. Because a motion is when something is being declared. So keep this in mind, every time we move, there has to be what? A motion put out there. Something has to be declared in that movement. And somebody has to put that motion out there. It's a formal suggestion. I love that the word of God is like when you put the word of God out in the atmosphere, it is a motion you are putting out there. You are actually putting something out there to be made for something to be changed. You actually speak it. The word says God's word does not come back what? Void. When we put it out as a motion, what are we doing? we're sending it out there. And if it's, it's going to be, it's going to do what it was sent forth to do, but we have to know that the power comes within us first. And that's what we're going to hone in on today. So movement is a productive manifestation of an unseen thing. I love it. When God called us to the earth, he, it says that we were up in heaven. He talked to us about our plan and then he pops us down with a family, right? (laughs) And then we've got to We've got to choose him. We have to call him back. we got to choose him back into the the whole plan. And then he starts revealing to us what he has for us. But he doesn't give it to us all. He gives it to us in what? In part. And when he gives it to us in part, he's asking us to trust him. So now when movement starts moving, I like it, when the motion is made, now when movement starts moving, okay, now we're in the strategic shift. And I love this. But lately, I've been, I've been in my worship time and praying. I keep seeing chess pieces moving. And you know, I've really gotten back into chess thanks to Carrie. Carrie and I went on a trip, and we played chess. And he beat me bad, right? Like, he won. And he has good strategic mind. Although I played the second time, and, yeah, I, I got him diverted. So <laughs> He missed a really good move across the board. It was awesome. But anyway, Kerry is truly, he is truly a good chess player. So there is a strategic shift for advancing our lives. God already has put it in place in his word. I love it. God sent Jesus to set order. And when he came to set order, he actually set up a series of activities that are working towards an objective that God already designed for the earth. Isn't that powerful? There's an objective. It's greater than us. We are pieces moving across the board of life, getting to the path we're assigned to. Guess what? Not all of us are going to be a king. Not all of us are going to be a rook. Not all. You know what I mean? We all have such an important part into moving of the body. So he shows us a series of activities, which I'm going to talk about today, in an effort to promote or attain his end result. And you know what he wants? He wants us to walk as one with him. That is one of his, that is an end result. He wants us to have an abundant life in Christ. That's what he's called us to do, have that abundant life. And in that, we achieve a reward. And in that, we receive an inheritance. In that, we obtain a promise. We obtain the things that God has wants for us. You know, last year, we learned a lot about how to put a vision. Because God says, remember, in his word, he says, I will show you something before it happens. This is a vision that we already put up on the board. We know that that's going to happen now, but we don't know all the details between now and there. We have to walk it out day by day. I tell Mamie when Mamie came to work for our ministry, and she is excellent administration. She is an excellent woman, p- businesswoman, and when with the visions in front of you, don't worry about the details. Just step it out. What do I say, Mamie? Day by day. You know, as we commit our our order to God through his son, he's going to show us the resurrection that he produces in your movement. Because remember, movement is a productive manifestation of an unseen thing. But then he gives you strategical shifts to advance those activities in your life. So we have to first remember that there is a vision God has given every one of you. And if you want to listen to those tapes from last year, we'll totally build you up on how you know if your vision is from God. Or if your vision is from the enemy, keep that in mind. We want you to know, you know, that the vision God has placed before you is from him. And so you can go back and listen to those tapes. This year, we're going to learn the way to advance and move towards that promise, that reward, that inheritance. As you grow to identify the order God designed for our advancement in his kingdom, we will experience results of his prosperity in our lives and in our business. When I got plopped here seven years ago, I came, I moved from the world, and then I moved into the kingdom seven years ago. Well, then God started revealing me some of his steps and moves that he had for my life. And guess what? They were unseen to me. Brother Mac would come up and laugh at me, and he would tell me what he was seeing. I was like, I'm not seeing what you're seeing. (laughs) Because God had to, I love it, he had to speak some things to me, then for me to press into him, and then he would show me those things. My life And my business, my family, everything around my life has shifted strategically to now align me to do what God has called me to do. And he has called us that. I am called to the marketplace. I am called in business to help people find what they're to do so they can advance whatever business they're assigned to. I love it. But we have to recognize first that we're not our own. The most important thing is we have to recognize that we're not on our own. And there's a process that he's going to take us through. If you can put up 1 Corinthians 3:16 for me, Todd, would be great and we'll start there. And then we're going to break down this chart a little bit. 1 Corinthians 3:16 says, and Todd, if you can put the clock, turn the clock for me it would be excellent. It says, "Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells within you?" Now, I can't even talk about movement Because even though I had movement in my life, I didn't have God's plan movement in my life to the fullest until I came in here and I recognized sitting in church all my life and didn't know that the spirit of God dwelt in me. I looked at him as a far off item, you know, a far off consultant Somebody you kind of talked to and you ran from because you felt bad about everything. (laughs) I did think God was full of wrath. (laughs) I didn't believe that God was completely for me. I would come to him when I think I've been what? Good. And I love this because back in the Garden of Eden, there were two trees. One, the tree of life. That's how we're to live. The second was the tree of what? Good and evil, right? It was the, the awareness of good and evil. God didn't tell us to partake of the tree of good and evil. He doesn't want to see ourselves. Am I good or am I bad? He doesn't even want us to connect with that. He wants to see us as a growing tree of life that has an abundance that he wants to give us with, because God dwells in us. See, we have to recognize, and if somebody doesn't know this, this is what today is about. Today is about recognizing, if you can turn the music on, that'd be great. If if you don't realize that God dwells in you, Well, then you're just walking in darkness. You're just moving to and fro, figuring out what you're to do. Have you ever met somebody who doesn't know what to do with their next step? Usually it's because they haven't consulted God. They haven't really consulted what God has in them. So I wanted to start off with this verse. Do you know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? I love that it's a question. Why is it a question? Because not everybody really believes, even though they can say, oh, I know God dwells in here. But do you really know God dwells in you and that he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit? So we'd have the guarantee of knowing which way to walk and what step to do. But he said we're going to have to do it in faith. So it's awesome how he teaches us that. He wants us to know that and remember that. Sometimes when you have a bad day and you're not consulting, you need to read that verse and ask yourself, hey, do I remember that the spirit of God dwells in me? We have to build up a holy faith within ourselves as we move through our business day. Because guess what? When we walk in the world, the world's going to do what? It's going to repress us. If we're not walking in our holy faith, the true belief and knowledge of his order within us, we are going to be bombarded by the world and we are going to feel doubt. We're going to deal with the unbelief that's in us. But God wants us to believe that he dwells within us. If we have accepted his son in our heart, second Corinthians six sixteen says, 2 Corinthians six sixteen says this And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I dwell in them, I walk among them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, you know, this is cute. I, I, I don't have this verse on me right now, but I remember when I read the verse in Romans that says there are no people except for his people. So until we accept Christ in our heart and we, be- we believe and we confess that Jesus came as the son of God, we're nobody. <laughs> we are just walking in a world, right? But when we do that and we accept him, we actually become what? My people. We become God's people. We become people. All right. So everybody says, who are your people? Right? My people are the people that God dwells within them, and they're growing in understanding that they are a temple. So we walk as the temple of God. And he reminds us that He doesn't always that He doesn't also dwell in them. He walks among them. When I walk among Kathy and Paige, and I'm what? If the kingdom of God is in me, God dwells within me. Guess what? I'm walking what? We're walking among each other. He says, I will be their God. We are his what? People. So I'm building up just confidence here. We have to remind ourselves sometimes of this. How many times do we wake up and we just, hey, how many people had a bad day? I, I don't know. This has happened to me before. And you think you're really angry about something, and you wake up and you can't remember you're angry the next day. Has anybody ever had that happen to you? Okay, I, it's very hard for me to get really angry, but anytime I've really gotten angry, I, uh, I will wake up the next morning until I forget that I was even angry the next day, or something disappointed me. Like, it's really crazy. That's a mechanism in me. So it's got to be in you, too, because if you're his people, you know what I mean? He wants to wipe that slate every day and clear those things that are not of him. He doesn't want us to focus on 1 John four four. 1 John 4.4 4 reminds us about the greater one, and see, I, I want to anchor this, that the John 1, 4, 4 says, you are of God, little children. He loves us to recognize we're children in him. I can be 48 years old, but I'm still a child in Christ, all right? And so I have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So the person who's not in the people, <laughs> what's in me is greater than what they're going to give to me for that day, okay? And when we're in the marketplace and we want movement, we've got to tap into the greater one who's going to tell you the plan, who's going to tell you the strategic move to advance whatever he wants for your life for that day. And see, we have to give it up and just know, man, we can come up with these great ideas. I could, Todd could go to school and take a million tests and probably ace them. That man, he can... I mean, he's one of the rare people I know that aced his final exam, real estate exam, all right through, right? He didn't have to suffer on that because he can take a test, all right? But you know what? The world would prostitute that. They would really have him taking tests of stuff that, you know what I mean? He could advance himself in business. He went to school to be a what? An accountant (laughs) because Todd likes exact numbers, but guess what Todd doesn't like? sitting at a desk all day. Todd's got to be out there, but the world could have formed him, meshed him and made him into what would have been successful for him, but it wouldn't have been God's plan. And how do you know it's not God's plan? There's no joy. You know, we can have nothing in the world and we can have everything in us and he can give us a move. And we have what joy. We're happy. I woke up happy. Why am I happy? Cause I get to come to work every day. And know that he gives me one little instruction, one little word, one little thought, and it can pivot and shift the movement of the day. And so that's what we have to wake up. We have to wake up with this good understanding. So it says, the greater one is in you, and if you have accepted Christ in your heart, he wants to move you through a process of four stages. All right? So we're gonna look at this chart. Advancing the kingdom of God within. The Lord chose in his word. There are four move four. I like this. It's kind of like um you know, hopscotch. Okay. These are the stepping stones that you're getting to the abundant life in Christ because he wants us to understand his process of death, burial, and then resurrection because, but first we have to even know that we have a resurrected life in Christ. Okay. We have a resurrected life. So the first is the regenerated spirit, the Holy spirit. We have to know that that Holy Spirit, how do we know God dwells in us? Because the whole, we have a regenerated spirit, full of light, brewing and growing with us. I put down, that is the source. The first step is knowing the source. What is the source of our move? The source of our, our move is the Holy Spirit within us. Because it says, give me that verse, Todd, about him being the guarantee. I didn't have this in my notes, but it just hit me. I told Todd to have that one ready. Um, it says, he wants to walk at, he wants us to walk out our salvation with him, in him, and through him. All right. So the Holy Spirit becomes a source that says in him, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. How many people, when they heard about Jesus for the first time or their life was horrible and you heard the truth and you felt what? You felt a peace. You felt a lift for that moment. Do you know what I mean? Because now he says you have to walk out of salvation. He said the gospel of your salvation in whom also, having believed, you are sealed. Sealed. I love this. Sealed means what? It can't be opened back up. It's hot in here. I am. uh, Do you mind if I, I'm really sweating. (laughs) I don't even feel like I've worked up yet. Okay. Oh, Okay, it says, I believed you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, to start off anything, isn't it good that you already know that you're already sealed off with a promise to produce something for the day? You're already sealed with an assignment in this world. You are not lost. You are not abandoned. You are not alone. Okay, if the Holy Spirit and you recognize that that dwelling of it is in you, he says, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. If you have accepted confessed man, and you know now you're in relationship, he is trying to show you a relationship who is the guarantee of our what? Inheritance. Remember, the end result is to what? Receiving a reward, to, receive, to ha- obtain an inheritance, um, to um, obtain a promise in him. He wants us to know that he is our guarantee of that inheritance until... The redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. That means there are things that are coming to you that God knows you need. All right. He also knows desires of your heart and all those. He already has all that redemption. Anything that the devil, when you weren't in him, any business or anything that you have lost, do you know he already has a redemption for you to receive that back? That's amazing because you know what? He loves our ignorance. He knows we didn't know. I mean, now, okay, if I don't consult the Holy Spirit on something, which, you know, I have moments where I'm moving, I'm not thinking, right? You know what I mean? I don't, but now I feel fear. I do, I feel fear. I don't want to move on something unless I have his stamp, unless I have his approval, unless I have moved by his witness or I have gotten a confirmation how I should be, what I should do. Who am I to talk to? How do you talk to? Do you know? These are important things. We can have our opinion and how we think that we were born to be, but that's not what might God might put you into and how you should communicate with them. Do you know that? I, I can be really strong woman sometimes. I can be, but that's not how God wants me to talk to everybody. Do you get what I'm saying? Sometimes it's not about always being in a leadership position. Sometimes it's about being in a servant. Sometimes it's about being in helping. Sometimes it's about getting something else accomplished. And you know what the beautiful thing I read in the Word last night? And I can't remember where I read this, but he works through our weakness. Sometimes the things he asks you to do and you immediately, I don't want to do that. (laughs) But it's a thing that he really can advance you if you ask him, well, what do I do now? Do we ask him the strategic move? I tried to do that with Carrie. We're playing chess. I really was trying to ask the Holy Spirit, which man shall I move? I really was trying to give it up. to the, I wanted to not think of what I knew about chess. I wanted to see where God would show me what to move and how to do. Have you ever played a game like that? Okay. We, played a, we had, a, we had a, a football game that we played for the ministry, and I did. I sat there when I got my team. I committed it to God. I said, you give me the wisdom. You give me the move. And guess what? Our team did win. It was awesome. It was awesome. He even at the end I heard, go stand at the end zone. I stood at the end zone, put my hands up. All of a sudden the ball just flew and the right player caught the ball right there. Isn't that awesome? He had me go stand in the end zone while that ball was being thrown. Do you know what I mean? I didn't even know. I wasn't even thinking that. But I went and did what? Stood in the end zone. You know what I mean? So we have to think about this. He actually has a guarantee something sealed. The Holy Spirit wants to tell it to you because he has something he wants to redeem to you, okay? For me, the football game wasn't about the win. It was about actually trusting him in all the moves. It was actually really getting that fulfillment and rejoicing that he does know every pivot and every move as you're going along. So we praise him because that's what, man, when, when the game won, what was I doing? praising God. I was screaming up and down. I was so excited because it was his win. So think about that. Everything you have lost in business, maybe what you feel you may have lost with family. He already has that redemption if you're willing to ask the Holy Spirit the game plan because it's already sealed. If he has you in the game, then then who wins? He does. So that means the win is not going to be necessarily being number one in the win. It's going to be the redemption of what he's bringing back to you. I want you to think about that. Not everything is about Rachel got reconciled back to a relationship. And when that her and that other person moved and did something God had them to do, out of 24 applicants, they took third place in a contest. Okay, it wasn't about being what? Number one. But it was about when two come together and they moved in a plan, they still received a trophy. They still received and they, they, something was redeemed. Can we think of it like that? Sometimes we can think, we want to think big, but the big is in the redemption he's trying to bring back to you, okay? So it says the greater one is in you. We have to walk and move with him. So the first, the regenerated spirit, the Holy Spirit, it is our source. It is the, it is the source. It was the way God created. I love it. Brother Max said this morning, he sent his son Jesus to die for us To redeem us from the curse of the earth and then to advance us in the resurrected power so we can move and breathe and do. And you know what? There is no lack in that. The second position is functions of the soul. Okay? This is the producer. So we can get to the position where we understand and know that the regenerated spirit dwells within us. That is the seal. It is the guarantee and it is our source. But now, this is what I love. He's going to work through the functions of our soul, our intellect, our will and choice, our fears and emotions, and our affections. Those four functions now have to start moving, all right? It's movement. Once you that regeneration spirit is stirred up, now the soul has to produce what the spirit is instructing it to do. So when we look at that column, which we're going to talk about next week or next month, we are going to be talking about the actual production of what the Holy Spirit. Today we're going to still talk more about the Holy Spirit, the layers of it, but we're to, that's what we're going to talk about next month. And then the third column, the awareness of grace. I love that. That is the ticket of how we move. It, I call it, I call it the power push, right? Because after you identify the assignment, you receive that instruction, and then your soul gets a grip of it, right? Starts producing what the Holy Spirit's telling it. Now, the awareness of grace, that is his power push, because he is now going to work you through something. I like it. It's like a dial of a safe. Do you ever know when you go to high school, you all got your little card, and you got your lock, and what was the first thing you had to learn in middle school? How to do your, right? Does everybody relate to that? Do you relate to that? Okay, I did <laughs> We used to actually get the little, no, we had to buy the lock, I think. Oh, I couldn't remember, but I do remember the difference. Some of the locks were on the door. But how many people had that fear of not being able to get their lock unlocked? And you wouldn't have your books, your assignment, and oh my God, you know what I mean? Just that because of the unknowing. And you had to like turn it right, turn it left, and then all of a sudden, <gasps> How many people have felt good when you've unlocked a lock? <gasps> okay, that is that there is power in the awareness of God's grace. He set a way for us to learn how to dial in and press through the assignment. Because our, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit tells us something, He could say, Lee, you're gonna win that football game. Do you think I believe that? No, right? <laughs> My soul had to grip it. And I had to yield to hearing the instruction of the Holy Spirit. But then there were movements that happened strategically. Just because you could know you have a win or you could know you're going to receive a redemption of something, doesn't mean God's not going to take you through the movements and the dialing in and the shifts of the move to get you to receive the abundant life in Christ. Isn't that powerful when you think about it? People sit and wait on grace. Well, I've got grace, I've got grace. Well, there's gonna be some movements and and this is where, I love it, you are really hearing from the Father because he gave the gift for us to be aware of the grace in Christ. Christ is our teacher, showing us how he moved, how he said it, what did he do? And now he's gonna ask us to apply those things to our everyday life. Apply what he's showing to you. And you know what in that is suffering? In that is being perfected? You're already established. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to settle you. And for every motion that you go through life, just, just see it like a dial going. You know what I mean? Sometimes we can be established and we fall right back into suffering. <laughs> so there is a combination for every strategic movement that you've got to go through your life. Every deal. Every If you're in a business, you have a client, do you know there is an awareness of grace in every person you meet, in something that you're assigned to do, that you hold the keys to unlock the move. I like this. Debbie was telling me yesterday, she was ready for a new listing. She was ready for a new listing and she was worshiping here because we worship on Mondays. We really do. This is, this business is an altar to God and we worship on Mondays and Thursdays. And she said, God, just have somebody walk in and give me some work today. Now, you see where we're located, right? This is not off the street, come, you know, somebody walks in because they had to pick up a package that we had here for them. And then he reminded me of a lot. Boom, the business fell on what? Debbie. Isn't that awesome? Okay. She was in the right place at the right time. God called something. She was in agreement with it. And she just believed. And it came on her lap. She came into my office. I feel like, I feel like this is so awesome because I asked for this today. Do you know, God wants to bring us something, but he's going to ask us to do something in it. The job isn't over yet. Okay. I love this. In a real estate transaction, you can get a contract, but how are you going to get it to close? Right. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, there is a combination in every move. Prissy, in your business, you have somebody come in and you're doing the face thing, right? There is a different combination, a different setup for each person that she's assigned to deal in her business. I like it. Francis. Francis is awareness of grace at our front desk. She calls it front office appearance, right? When she comes in, she's got to think. She shifts and moves with everybody's personality that shoots something at her. Do you know what I mean? And if she recognizes God in it and she's all prepared for the day with the Holy Spirit because this woman worships and she comes in, she prays, then she's going to be able to handle it with a peace that surpasses all other peace. And she'll, there's redemption in that. Isn't that beautiful? So we've got the source, the Holy Spirit. We have the producer, which is the functions of our soul. And then we have the awareness, of how we move. I call it the power pushing. That means you have to really press into God to know where you're moving, how you're moving. And then the last is the result of our movement. The result of our movement is us becoming one in Christ. The result of our movement is we will receive prosperity We will have a source of supply. We will get answers from God. We have angels that restrain evil while we're about to receive and be redeemed from the curse of whatever we believed, whatever lie we believed. Whatever lie we believe is a curse. So I love it. I'm going to ask you two questions. One, are you going through the motions of life? Are you going through the motions of life? Come on. That's why I felt in college. I have to get up Go to this 8 o'clock class and think about if I don't want to go to it. (laughs) I I, I am not an Emerald, right? I would think about it, right? I would weigh out. Look at my syllabus. I could miss 10 classes. It's amazing that I've gotten as far as I have gotten because only from God. But it's funny. Are you going through the motions of life or are you living in the flows and the rhythms and the motions that Christ died for you to move into? Now, and you know which way you're going. If you're depressed, do you know what I'm saying? Lethargic, not feeling, you know, that means there's something, there's something off. The dial's off. There has to be a move. But if you're feeling the rhythms and flows of God, you are on the right move. You are start, he might not ask you to do very much for the day. It might just be pray and worship him. But if you hold on to that, you're going to have joy in even what you can't see you're going to have joy in what you can't see because he's doing so much more during that time. So I want you to keep that in mind. Ask yourself, we have to stir the God in us. We have to get that inner movement for an outside manifestation. Please put up Ephesians 5.14. We have to move into our destiny. I want everybody to walk out here today and ask themselves, am I really in my destiny that God has for me? Because I know for many years I wasn't in my destiny. But the whole time, you know how much God loves us? He loves us so much that he was still working something. He was, we are not a waste of time. He is always working something. But if you want to get the fullness of the move, you ask him, am I in my destiny? I mean, that's a fearful question to ask God, you know, because I was so sick and tired of my life. I had to say, just put me in my destiny. I said it with a lot of attitude. But at the same time, I really, from my inside core, I what, meant it. And the moment he knew I meant it, He started, it was a shift of my life. It says, therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. I like this, arise from the dead, okay? And Christ will give you light. Man, I am so into this verse because I can hear him saying that to me some days. (laughs) Arise, because you know what? I love it. We're still all growing up in him. I am not perfect. I am working to be perfected in love. And my love walk with him is what's going to move me into what God has for me. And recognizing the holiest of faith we have is, guess what? Believing that Jesus died to give us forgiveness of our sins. That's a holy faith to start believing. that. I have asked somebody, I asked somebody yesterday, do you really believe you're forgiven? They can say it, but the depth of belief takes time that is a holy faith, knowing that we're not being condemned and bad, the tree of good and evil, that we're living in the tree of life, and that life is holiness in growing up in him. All right? There is a holy faith to believe that Christ died to forgive us. Man, that's what, unforgiveness is what holds back the body for any of that awareness of grace. It's like, talk about shutting down the awareness of grace. You can't hear the instruction. You can't hear the move. Everything starts getting off because you haven't even believed that God has forgiven you for anything of the past because, and that's what he's going to redeem you. The thing you think of first is the thing he's working on redeeming your life. He wants to redeem that thing back to you so you can glorify him. He reminds us, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead. That means we do not live in a dead, cursed world. Jesus already came and said, it is finished. So that means we live in a world of resurrection. This is what I love. When Paul traveled from house to house, synagogue to synagogue in Acts, he would say to them, he would talk about Jesus. Well, they already heard about Jesus. But then he says, now I'm going to talk about the resurrection. Well, oh, that was like a new philosophy. Let's see how we can mix that one up and make it an idol, right? Let's see how we can really mix that up when there's a simplicity to it all. Jesus died to resurrect a life within us that we can hear, breathe, move, and advance his ultimate result of the world. And so as we move in that and recognize that, we become light. And he tells us the Christ in us will do what? Give you light. So we've got to understand these three mechanisms right here. And everybody has this chart to take home with them. Everybody needs to understand that to stir up the Holy Spirit, it is a regenerated spirit full of life. The light is to see where you are going. Christ is in us. I like it. You take a light. Okay, these lights burning, right? I was hot. (laughs) But it's awesome when we look at a light because light exposes truth okay it exposes it exposes a lie it exposes the darkness the things in us that we don't understand he wants us to resurrect in the truth of his word in his walk in his love and his move for our life so we have to know inside of us is a beam now i know most most people in here are saved i think everybody in here is saved but you can see the beam in a person you can see that light and you know what? And God has, he wants us to recognize that Christ will give you the light for your day. John 8, 12 says, he sent his son, which is so awesome. The light will make the manifestation of movement happen in your life. Now, I'm going to tell you, that doesn't mean you're going to like the first exposure of it. I like that. How many, uh, well, I, don't, I mean, I can't say this has completely happened to me, but it did happen yesterday, Francis, on your desk. I came in to lock the doors you're going to laugh at this. I ran out to the car. I came back in. I turned the light on and I saw a little bug go across Francis's desk. Well, it was kind of a medium-sized bug. I'm sorry, Francis, I didn't say that. But it's funny. If I didn't turn the light on, I might not have seen it. it. Right? You know what I mean? And I was like, I probably shouldn't tell Francis. (laughs) It was a little bug. Okay. But it said... What I'm trying to say is when the light of Christ is in us and we're tapping in and we're stirring the regenerated spirit, okay, that means some things are going to be some, there's going to be some exposure that we actually are going to start seeing. And we might not like it, but yet we've got to get into this rotation. How do we work with this regenerated spirit full of light within us? It says, Jesus spoke to them again saying, he reminded him, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life now that doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes but you've got to know that you that you are walking in what jesus died for us which is i I love it when we walk and stumble we have to know that we're what forgiven okay we can't walk and stumble and just die we've got to know that there is a light that he has to move our to move us and so this is awesome On your chart, you'll see the first thing God has in our spirit is called an intuition, where God speaks. This is where God speaks to us. It is the voice of God. There is a voice of God that speaks within us, that brings light to a situation. How many have we heard something from deep within? It's a deep, and you just knew it, and you don't even know why you really knew it. God was shedding a light on something. It was his voice, the spirit of the Lord you know, is resting upon you at the moment you hear that in the center of your core. He wants to give us the intuition that he has for our day, not what our flesh wants for the day, what he wants for us today. He has an assignment for love for all of us in a day, but he gives it to us there. The father is in charge. The father, God speaks to our intuition. Okay. Now I love this because I taught a lesson on this. This is like we are to be a tree, the tree of life, right? We are to flourish like the tree of life, becoming one in Christ. Well, let me tell you, this is the heart in your core, okay? How big is your heart? You know, Todd and I were talking about this. This looks like a, when you take, a, you take a chainsaw and you cut a center of a tree. In the center of a tree is the heart. I like this. In the awareness of grace, in the center, it says, it says, a manifold whole grace. That is that same center. You see that red? See that red? God is trying to speak to you his grace, how to move in a situation. But here's the the kicker. That's the center, right? I like this. The heart. How big is your heart to hear him? The next layer God talks us about is nobody gets to the father except through communing with the son. We have to commune and recognize that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. He is the true light. He is the true love manifested on this earth that God sent for us to learn, grow with. And as we worship, I love it, the spirit of wisdom starts to bubble. You know, so there is no, the level of worship that you're in with God determines the level of revelation and manifestation of his glory that you're hearing if you just get up every day and then say, I'm living for God, but you do not commune with the Father through the Son, and that's through our praises. That's through reading the Word. In those things, that's what we're doing. We have to commune with Him, or guess what? You don't know what voice you're hearing. You are being tossed to and fro. You don't know what voice you're hearing. You're not secured and anchored. That is a, when we commune, with the Father through the Son in worship, in our word, our prayers, do you know we are anchoring a confidence and that heartbeat becomes strong? It becomes immovable. It can't move. I know when God shows me something, he shows to me I'm sticking to it. But I had to learn through times when it wasn't him. In the beginning, I had to go back and forth and I would fall and it would work and now I feel like I'm like this. You know what I mean? I'm still going to not hit it every time, but I feel like I'm closer now. Now I'm okay with certain deals that we don't take in the business because I'll see that that was just a counterfeit and it wasn't God. I like it. Kathy's come over to our business and boy, her business has changed. There's a shift in the movement that has changed in her discernment of it. Because if we commune with him through the sun, well then now our conscious discernment is on for him. You know when you're, you can hear God through a lost person. Do you know what I mean? You can hear, God can give you instruction through anything, but you're not going to be offended. You're going to be able to receive and know now how to discern in that movement. But here's the thing, in these bands, our, our heart gets, expands as our worship, that our worship expands the vast center core. So it becomes a constant flow of hearing. It becomes a constant flow of hearing. And then as you walk out your day, you can discern the move. God can show you somebody to minister, and he's not going to give you the play-by-play detail of it. He's going to ask you to, I love this, I, I have to use Gene as a testimony. Gene comes in this office, and then all of a sudden, Gene's not here, right? And he'll say, oh, I heard God say, go to this place. And he went to this place to go get his car title. I love this story. He had a Range Rover, and he was wanting to sell it, but he heard to go to Title Max, I think it was called. CarMax, whatever it was, he leaves the office, he's out the door, gone. He didn't tell anybody where he's going, anything like that. Before you know it, the next day, he comes back in here with a woman who he wasn't planning to go there. It's not even something that he would even have thought of to do. Is that correct, Jean? But something in his spirit told him to go there. The moment he sat at that counter, that woman was broken and he was set on assignment to help her to help whatever she needed. It wasn't, he didn't use the services of the place, but she knew what her assignment was. We had a man come here from a car place and he was coming here. He had already asked God. He already said, I want to experience something greater of God. It came from his heart. And Gene's looking for a car for his you know, daughter-in-law and he actually comes here with the car, which he never does. And he's sitting in this place a mess. Like not knowing while he's here. We go down to pick up the car. This man says, I don't know, I can't talk in front of you guys. My printers aren't working. My this isn't working. This isn't happening. Do you get what I'm saying? There is something God has for us to do. We don't know the explicit details. We just have to be able to hear from the inner core because we have communed. We have had a deep, deep, deep movement of revelation with him to move on what we're so we can discern those movements. Gene could have easily said, Well, that's not how I want to do that with my car. So I'm not going to go there. And then he could have missed the assignment of the day. He could have missed that assignment of the day. And so that's the beautiful thing about God is even the Holy Spirit, he wants to help us. He is the guarantee of that discernment. The Holy Spirit in our conscious discernment, he wants us to have the spirit of understanding. How many times have you walked something out and then boom, I get it. I know why I'm here. That's a revelation. Why am I coming here? And then all of a sudden, as you start growing in it, you're like, oh, I get it. And what you thought you thought wasn't what you thought. And then he starts confusing everything up. And you're just like, really? And that's the way we, we move. And so the intuition, go to 1 John 1, 5. God is light. He is the fountain of the wisdom Purity, beauty, and joy and glory of God. So we've got to recognize that purity, that godly wisdom, everything's in this heart. I'm going to ask again, how large is your heart? How large is your heartbeat? How strong is your heartbeat? If your heartbeat is strong, you are worshiping God. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In this, there is no darkness. I love it. In this source, there is no darkness. It is pure. It is wisdom, his wisdom. It is his, it is his glory. The pure joy is in this. But now how do we enlarge that space? How do we get that movement going? We have to what? Commune. We have to commune and worship God, and when we worship God, He tells us, I don't know if I already put this one. Yeah, I already put this one on there. Uh, I don't know which one I'm going to do here Go to John 8:12. This is for communion. I wrote down three scriptures, but I don't remember what they were. <laughs> so they're going to be good when they come out. It says, "Oh, did I already say this? I already did that one. Go to John 4:24. John 4:24 tells us. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in what spirit and in the truth. So when our heart, like I said, when I was driving in my car and said, put me in my destiny, I can't take my life anymore. Right? Well, it really came from my heart. So something shifted and then things moved. Well, you know, when we worship God and we want this heart to expand, we have to worship him in spirit and in truth. Not for our own selfish gain. We are actually doing it sacrificially. We worship Him every day because we love Him. I'm going to tell you, when I get up and cross my legs, I worship from one to five last night. I was on such a flow, I couldn't even sleep to float to come in today, and I still feel wide awake. That's what's amazing. When it's a time and a move for God, you can sit up there and you're just loving Him. I'm not looking for anything else but the love. So the spirit and the truth was all what in alignment. So whatever happens from that, I'm sowing into the Spirit. And when we sow in the Spirit, we're going to reap what? Life. We're going to reap that life. Spending time with Him, He loves it when we get up and spend time with Him. So He tells us, go ahead and put John 9.5, John 9.5, and we're almost done. Everybody knows nothing is impossible with God. It is is so true. Nothing is impossible. He's got it all so lined out, better than what you could ever think. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Okay, Jesus died, was buried, and what? Resurrected. Christ lives within us, our temple. So if we can keep communing with him through our temple, that means our words, our prayers, our worship. He is going to give you the discernment you need to move in advancing what you're called to do. All right, uh, give me John 12, 35. John 12, 35. John 12, 35 says, Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. Okay, this means, you know what this says to me? You've got to do this every day. You have to do this every day, a little while longer, the light is with you. Okay, while I'm on this earth and I am saved, the light walks with me. Okay, but walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. If I am not constantly regenerating and stirring up my spirit in prayer and worship and communion, I am going to discern, my discernment's going to be so down that it's gonna feel like I'm walking in darkness and I have the light in me. How many of us have had days where you know that you have Christ in you and you're kinda, what, you know, we get a little bit lazy on some of our stuff, you know? And then we walk up and like, I don't know what's happening today. And you feel the attack of darkness. Do you know what I mean? We have to keep rising up and stirring up the spirit, our prayers, our intercession, keeping things so we know that we're not walking in the darkness. It's awesome. Go ahead. We have to know how to hear John 10, 27. So keep in mind, to discern God, we have to be able to hear him and we have to be able to know his word. These are going to be, I have a few more scriptures and we're done. To hear the discernment of God, John 10, 27 says, John 10, 27 is, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they what? Follow Follow me. I love it when Gene's in the building and then he's not. Or if somebody goes somewhere, then they're not. Carrie's here and then he's not. Do you know what I mean? We don't have to keep a tab on where everybody's going, because if God is speaking to you to go do something, you need to what? Go do it. So he says, he already tells us, if you're my sheep, you're my people, you know, you'll hear my voice. But how much time are you spending with me? You're building that account to be able to hear him. Go to Psalms 119. Keep in mind, we have to have the word 119, 105. Psalms 119, 105. We all know this verse but it is so important to staying on the right path. It says, we know that God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my paths." We've got to keep that word constantly before us because his voice is always going to be backed up by his word. And if you know the word and you hear it, when I hear him arise, that's him speaking to me, get up, go do what you need to do. Worship me. I love it when I hear him like that. So, and then put 1 John 3:11. 1 John 3:11. Isn't it amazing how the light changes everything? It's like turn on the lights. I have to tell you about something. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should what love one another. If there is nothing God's going to ask you to do from his voice that's not going to be has to do with loving another person. God's not waking you up and telling you to go scream at somebody. (laughs) He's not. He's not doing that. God is everything that he's asking you to do is going to be in love. I want you to keep that in mind. How do you know you're discerning him? His moves are all going to be walking in love. And it's going to be every discernment of move is going to be for another. But then he has a redemption for you. Remember, growing up in maturity of him is a great thing. And in the marketplace, we live in a dead world. We live in a place where people don't know how to hear his voice. They don't even know. I didn't know. I sat in church all my life and didn't know the Holy Spirit was in me. I didn't know I had a regenerated spirit that I could hear a voice, that if I meditated on the word, that he would start to speak to me. So isn't that awesome? We gotta we that is if we have anything we have to share with people, is I, I ask people, do you have do you know you have regenerated spirit? Like it was crazy how when I had to come to that revelation of knowing that. But it's not. It's for to love another person. And so it's, a, it's awesome. Light changes things. I have given everybody a sheet here to take home. And it says, to move in Christ, we must be free. I'm serious. We are, he, is, he needs the body to be set free. Because if we're set free, we truly can move in the way we should. We have to move from thinking of a cursed life to a resurrected life. If there's anything you need to meditate on and ask God is teach me more about what the resurrected life. Teach me more about that. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ purchased our freedom. He redeemed us from the curse. You know, when you go to work every day is not a curse. It is not. I don't care if you're working in a godly place or a place that's of the world. It is not a curse. It is your blessing of your future. And so when we commune with God, we enter into those places with joy and we know how to move. So we have to trust that he has us all in this tree of life where we are going to prosper, where we are going to have our source of supply. We're going to hear clearly the voice of God. And then we have to trust that he dispatches the angels that restrain evil so we can do the assignment that we're to do. He's never going to hurt you in that. And so next month when you come in here, I love it. The tree of life is the freedom of Jesus Christ. We are going to We are going to talk about, so today we talked about the first stepping stone, understanding the three functions of the regenerated spirit, because that's so important. There's no movement unless you identify that movement that's happening within you. Next week, we're going to talk about how the functions next week. I teach all the time. So next month, we're going to teach about the functions of the soul and how that movement can advance you in your day. Okay, because it's, there are four functions, the intellect, the will and choice, emotions and affections. And you know what? When we meditate on the word of God, we've got to choose it. Our intellect has to be able to reason with God our movement, not reason with man. And so we're going to get into the depths of how to work out that salvation with the soul. So you're making the right decisions, not decisions out of anger, not decisions out of fear, not decisions out of lust. We're making decisions that God already has for you to accomplish for the day. All right. Was this good today? Okay. I'm going to end with one more verse. We'll end with one more verse, which I think is really cool. I want want everybody to be reminded that I used to be very intimidated of God, I used to feel that intimidation because why? When I grew up, I had a parent and you know, when you get in trouble, we got the belt when you know what I mean? So fatherhood is really strong. You know what I mean? in discipline. But I love this verse because it reminded me how good God wants to be to us. And it's James 1 I want everybody to keep in mind that God wants us to have an abundant life here now while we're on earth. We are to prosper. We are to grow. And I want you to remember that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow or a turning. So that means everybody has an assignment out in the marketplace today, tomorrow, the next day. And as we grow towards our relationship with the father through the son, he is going to actually show you these things, and there will be good gifts and every perfect gift because everything we receive is good. We've got to get that motion. It's not bad. It's good. Even when you think bad things are coming, you have to say, this is what? Good because God is in charge of everything, everything. When you get that grip that he's not out to hurt us, He's out to advance us with him as one to move the body to work as a function in the, on the earth so that people can be redeemed and glorify God and that everything he has assigned, there is no variation or shadow of turning. That means you can't abandon it. I mean, if you want to abandon it, you're going to feel that deadness come upon you. You're, you'll know you'll feel a torment inside because you're not advancing what God needs you to do. So I love the word good gift and I love the word perfect gift because as I meditated on that, the Lord has everything he's given me his good. Okay. But everything perfect is a deeper desire that I have in me and what I, what I sense is perfect because we each see things differently. We each create differently. What makes Prissy happy to something that's perfect wouldn't be perfect for me, but God knows how, what Prissy likes. He knows what I like. He knows what Francis likes. He knows what brother Mac likes. He knows Brother Max likes a white truck, right? So he can go evangelize in a tent. So I love that. He is going to bring everything good to Brother Mac, but I like it. There are times when he receives that perfect thing that you want. Right, Brother Mac? It's perfect. And it just really just brings your levels up and helps you keep moving and working for God. So everything in our life is good. Everything. There is no bad. Right? Everybody agree with that? We need to look at everything as good and then anticipate the perfect, which, has to, which is connected with his love. So praise God. Does anybody have any questions? All right. Well, then we're going to pray. All right. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you with our whole heart, our body, and our soul. Lord, I thank you for everybody that has shown up today for Train to Reign and for the mission of this year of understanding the movement and the advancement in the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you for your word, because your word is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and the spirit, and is the true discerner of our hearts and movements of where we're going in our life here on earth. So, Lord, I thank you for the power. I thank you for your faith. I thank you for giving us the gifts that you have given us that are irrevocable and can be used for your will. So, Lord, as we walk out this door today, we surrender ourselves as vessels and bodies to your use. Lord, we open our hearts and our ears to hear and receive what the intuition when God is speaking to us wants to say. Lord, I ask for everybody to wake up in the morning and want to commune more and have a deeper sense of worship so that they can hear you and be led by the Spirit because the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So Lord, we thank you for sending your Son and the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.